listening to the first podcast to go for women in tech and all those who want to build a smart gender equity for tech. 10 minutes, really actionable advice. At 50 in tech, we give you the keys to unlock the tech industry and move it for real. On the occasion of the Women's Forum, we are very happy to record a special episode in partnership with AXA, one of our first supporters. You are a femtech entrepreneur, probably among the 10 next rising stars in Europe, and want to accelerate your network and business? The 2020 Accelerator program designed by AXA and 15Tech is made for you and will immerse you in an incredible learning expedition in Tel Aviv in April. Take two minutes and apply on 15Tech.com. Let's welcome Ariella Dreyfus, partner at Barnea Jaffa Land Co. Tel Aviv, for this special 15 Tech podcast to go. Hello, 15 Tech community. My name is Ariella Dreyfus, and I'm originally from England. I moved to Israel around 14 years ago, and I'm a partner in the M&A department at Barnea Jaffa Land Law Firm. I've been working as a lawyer in the high-tech space for over 10 years, during which time I've represented startups, mature tech companies, VC funds, corporate ventures, and private equity funds. One of my soft spots has always been medtech, and I'm delighted by the recent traction and attention that femtech is receiving. So today I'm going to speak briefly about femtech, what it is, why I think it's important, what are some of the early challenges, and offer you some tips. So what is femtech? Let me start by saying what it isn't. We're not talking about male or unisex products that have been shrunk in size, painted pink and remarketed for women. Femtech is essentially a palette bottle term for VC men to describe tech products and services in the space of female health, including periods, menopause, fertility, breastfeeding, incontinence, contraception. It includes digital health apps and medical devices. Though I mention the vertical of fertility cautiously, as this is obviously not solely a woman's issue. Why is it important that medtech receives attention? Because we live in a world where there's one size and it doesn't fit all. It fits men. I believe that the statistics are that on average, smartphones are five and a half inches too big for women's hands. Cars are designed around the body of a reference man, meaning that women are nearly 50% more likely to be seriously hurt in an accident. Women are also hugely underrepresented in clinical trials, so drugs are designed for men. Take Ambien, the sleeping drug, for example. After being on the market for two years, in January 2013, the FDA announced that women should be taking half of the then-recommended dose as women take longer to metabolize the drug than men. In fact, I understand that most drugs withdrawn in recent years had greater health risks for women. One of the reasons for women being underrepresented in clinical trials is their unstable hormonal cycle, which affects the results of the tests. But on the other hand, women need to take these drugs throughout their hormonal cycles. So it doesn't really make sense. Right now, only 4% of tech investment in life sciences are aimed at women's health tech solutions. So I think it's coherently obvious that this balance needs to be readdressed. What are the early challenges for male and female founders in this space? Well, one of the main challenges is funding. And one aspect here is gender. 
gender of the founders, and gender of the investors. With respect to the founders, Femtech has predominantly female founders. This is largely due to personal experience. Take, for example, Tanya Bola, the CEO of LV. She developed an app-connected Kegel tracker to help women strengthen their pelvic floor muscles with real-time biofeedback. She explained that despite working in women's health for over 15 years, it was only once she became pregnant that she realized that many women's health issues were not spoken about. In other words, women identify the pain in femtech, the problem that needs to be solved. But female founders are underfunded compared to male founders. For example, in 2018, female-led startups in the US received just 2.2% of the $130 billion in VC funding that was available. Now, with respect to the money men, a colossal 94% of decision makers in US venture capital firms are men. And it's difficult to raise financing from someone who doesn't understand the problem and is uncomfortable by the still somewhat taboo subject matter. Writers write what they know, entrepreneurs innovate what they know, and venture capitalists fund what they know. Another challenge is the legal landscape. Healthcare, which includes both digital health products and medical devices, is highly regulated. Entrepreneurs in this space may need to secure FDA or CE approvals, comply with HIPAA and other privacy and data protection regulations, as well as statutory limitations on the corporate practice of medicine, geographical medical license issues and referral restrictions, just as examples. So the business model and the product needs to take all these into account from day one to ensure that the entrepreneur has not shot themselves in the foot before they've even started. So what are my tips? Firstly, do your homework. Approach the right investors, corporate ventures where there may be synergy with your products, impact investors, health-focused ventures or direct-to-consumer-focused ventures. The appropriate fit. There are a wealth of accelerators, incubators and mentoring programs out there seeking to address the problem of female underrepresentation in tech in general. Use them. Use their networks. As with most things in life, it is more often who you know rather than what you know that is the game changer. If you're pitching to a woman, first tell a story and wait for the nod. The nod that she understands the pain, the need, the problem you're seeking to solve. If you're pitching to a male venture capitalist, it may be smart to put slightly more emphasis on the market and less on the product. This is true for all verticals, by the way. The investors may like the product, but they're going to be more excited by the size of the market, an attractive ROI, and a potential exit. Focus on the money. Leverage the fact that Femtech itself is getting traction at the moment. Emphasize the power of the female-driven economy. Use these buzzwords. If you are developing a digital app, you can leverage the general trend towards digital health and personalized and preventative medicine and general wellness. If you receive a snarky comment about being a woman, answer back with the research that startups with female leadership tend to be more profitable than male-only founding teams. And my final tip, don't forget the ask. Founders often forget the ask in the pitch, and women tend to be even more shy or reticent to voice their need for money. If you don't ask, you probably won't get. I'm very happy to be part of the 15 Tech community and to help empower and support women in tech. Please feel free to reach out and speak to me via the platform. If you like this podcast, subscribe, comment and share and give us a five stars note on your preferred platform. Should it be iTunes, Google or SoundCloud. 
And if you want to empower women at scale, share an advice on 15tech.com. <laughs>